everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, New Point. How are we doing out there today? Hey, I want to welcome each and every one of you, those of you in Canton and Worcester and Millersburg, Coshocton, Cambridge, and in T County. We're glad that you are joining us today. We're wrapping up a series, and it's called The Relationship Survival Guide, A Field Guide to the Art of Living with People. It's about relationships, and all of us are in relationships. You're engaged in relationships. And there's three undeniable truths about you and me when we look at relationships. First of all, you and I were made by God to have relationships. Every single one of us. He's a relational God and he's created you and I to be able to have relationships. The second thing is you have a choice. I have a choice in how we think, how we feel, how we respond in those relationships. You get that choice. You get to make that decision. And the third thing is you and you alone are responsible for your choices, for your actions, and for your responses to other people. See, we're going to talk about the most important ability. You know what that is? Responsibility. That's the most important ability. Responsibility. And you and I can't change other people, but we can choose to respond in a way that can influence and impact people around us, even though it might not be a great situation, though it might be a tough situation. And so taking responsibility means that you and I are responsible to people, not for people. Patty and I are blessed with four kids and All of them are basically adults right now, and I'm not responsible for them anymore. So don't come to me. I'm responsible to them, not for them. And so what that means is this. I have to own my own stuff. I have to own my own junk. I have to be responsible for becoming the best version of myself. Others can't own my stuff. I have to own my stuff. And so I have to deal with Dwight. I have to deal with Dwight. That's my responsibility. I'm responsible for Dwight, but I am responsible to other people. And so the question becomes, what does that look like? Responsible to whom and for what? Well, there's usually three groups of people. And one is the irresponsible group. And they just don't take responsibility for anything. The second group is the over-responsible people. These people take responsibility for things that God never intended for you to take responsibility for. Hello, dad. Hello, mom. You're over-functioning. You're taking responsibilities for things that God never intended for you to take responsibility for. And then the third group is, there's a group of people who are genuinely confused about what they are responsible to and what they are responsible for. 
And what happens is it can send you into being a mini Messiah. Got any mini Messiahs here today? You try to do what only God can do. God never called you to do that, but you're trying to be the savior of your kids, of your family, of your relationships. And what God has asked you to do is to be responsible too. And to realize that he's placed clear responsibility on all of us. Now, all three groups need to understand their responsibility if they're going to be able to have healthy relationships. And for that to happen is there's two key words for those of us who are Christ followers. If you're a Christ follower today and you've stepped across that line and, and you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there, there's, there's two words that all of life boils down to. One is trust God and then obey him. See, if you trust God and you obey him, you won't become a mini messiah. You won't think that you have to save the world or save your family. And so I must trust God with the things that are out of my control and I must be faithful to obey his clear and simple commands. Everybody okay? Life is simple. It's not complex. We make it complex because we want to be many messiahs and God's never called you. We have one savior. He's a good one. And you're not it. And neither am I. And so we, we've looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want us to look at it again today. And, and here's what it says. Paul is, is talking to a group of people who are dysfunctional, which would include all of us, all right? But he's writing to a church and they've got kind of sideways in their relationships with people and with one another. And here's what he says. I may speak in different languages of people or even angels. Wow. But if I do not have love, I am only a noisy bell or a crashing cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy. I may understand all the secret things of God and have all knowledge. And I may have faith so great that I can move mountains. But even with all of these things, if I do not have love, then I am nothing. I may give away everything I have, and I may even give my body as an offering to be burned, but I gain nothing if I do not have love. Wow. What is this saying? It's making life very simple. It reduces it to this principle, and this is the principle that we've looked at. Love mind or life minus love equals what? Zero. With, with love without action is bankrupt. Action without love is hollow. So the one thing that adds value and quality to all of our relationships is love, is love. And what I just read for us, there's a repeated pronoun. Nine times Paul uses the word I, the most important ability, responsibility. And so he goes through this and he tells us about love, that if we don't have love, nothing is going to work. And then he wraps up this series with this. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, when I became a woman, when I became mature, I stopped those childish things. Wow. How mature are you? 
Are you mature? Just because you're 48, 40 years old doesn't mean that you're mature. You might be 40 years old and be a adolescent. Maturity comes with how well you and I love. And love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is a choice. It's something that you and I do. And that means that I have to take responsibility for my relationships. And responsibility is a word that we don't hear very often, do we? Yet responsibility is essential if you're going to have longevity in your relationships. Patty and I just celebrated 33 years of being married. The reason why we've made it to 33 years is because she's responsible and I'm responsible. We're not immature. We own our stuff. We work through our stuff. I'm responsible to her. I'm not responsible for her. She's responsible to me. She's not responsible for me. Because listen to me very carefully. When you become responsible for people, you begin to manipulate, lie, deceive, and control. Because your image is wrapped up in other people. Your image will be wrapped up in your kids. And let me just tell you, mom and dad, your kids are tired of you controlling them and manipulating them. Y'all right? Happy summer. They don't want that. I've told my kids, hey, you know what? You end up in jail, you're going to sit there. And if everybody knows about it, they know about it. I'm not into image. Okay? I'm into integrity. You're going to be responsible. My dad always told me this, Dwight, I'm always going to be on the side of truth. And truth is thicker than family blood. Y'all right? My dad got called to the, to the school. You know what? My dad was always on the side of truth. He wanted to find out what truth is because he was responsible. And he wanted to teach our kids to be responsible for our actions, for our choices. Now, here's what he said. If you go to jail, I'll visit you. <laughs> okay. But, but I'm not going to try to manipulate the system and try to get you out of consequences that you have laid out for yourself. Because if I do that, I will continually rescue you and I will become resentful and bitter and angry towards you because you never put away your childish ways. And so Paul writes, and this is a theme that he writes, and he says this to the church in Ephesus, live life then with a due sense of what? Responsibility. Not as men who do not know the meaning and the purpose of life, but as those who do. What's the purpose of life? The purpose of life is for me to experience God's love and to love God and then to take that love that he has put inside of me and express it to the people in my life. Jesus said, a new command I give to you is that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, all men, all women will know that you are my Christ followers. So life is pretty simple. Let God love you and the way in which he loves you, you love other people. And so here's here's the thought. I must take responsibility for the health and the development of my relationships. So if I know that, listen to me, if I know that there's an issue with one of my kids, with me, they're ticked, they're angry, they're mad, they're frustrated with that, then guess what? I take the responsibility to go to them and say, hey, you know what? I know you're frustrated with dad. I know you're upset with dad. I love you. I care about you. Let's sit down and talk. If I know that there's an issue going on in my family, guess what? We're sitting down. We're talking about it. 
Y'all right? That's responsibility. See, that's what spiritual leaders do. Spiritual leaders understand the importance of relationships and nobody should do relationships better than a Christ follower. If you're a Christ follower, you should be at the top of the list of how to do relations. Look at my marriage. Watch my family. Watch how I interact with people. I'm not perfect, but you know what? You can learn something from me because I'm learning it from the one who is the master at relationships. And that's Jesus himself. Nobody did it better. And so Paul is saying that each of us must experience God's love first because people who feel love express love. Do you know that? If you don't feel loved, you're not going to express love. You're going to be angry. And here's what I want you to understand. This is is powerful here. This is why it's so important that you and I experience God's love. If you don't transform your pain, you will transmit it. If you don't allow God to transform the hurt and the pain and the brokenness in your life, you will pass it on to your kids. You'll pass it on to your spouse. And so what can transform my pain? What can transform your pain? The love of God. And some of us were like Lucy, okay? She she had some hard knocks with Charlie Brown. And so Lucy came to the conclusion. She said, I love mankind. It's the people I can't stand. And that might be your line today. You know, I love mankind. I love humankind. It's the people I can't stand. And, and so what happens is we, we, we don't understand what love is. We think that love is magical. You know, our, our, our view of love is, is that movie scene. You know, the, the guy is, is on the, the platform at the train station and his girl's on the train and she's looking back and he's looking towards her and something just hits him and he runs after her and he catches the booth that she's in and she jumps in his arms and they just twist like this and you say, oh, isn't that love? Isn't that magical? That's not love. Love's not a feeling. Love is a choice. Love is a decision. It's a personal commitment. It's something that first happens in you through the power of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit that we sung about today. And then it happens through you. And so what does that look like? Let me give you some things here quickly. So what is our responsibility towards one another and what does it mean, all right? Let me give you the first one. Responsibility towards one another means to accept. I'm called to accept people. Followers of Jesus should be the most accepting people on planet Earth. On planet Earth, why? Because he accepts you, he accepts me. And what happens is if we don't allow him to heal our wounds, then what happens is we'll never be able to accept other people because we will go back to our wound, maybe of rejection. And and so what we want to be able to do is we want to be able to accept people, but people who feel accepted, guess what they do? They accept other people. Look at what Paul says here in Titus. Jesus treated us much better than we deserved. He made us acceptable to God and gave us the hope of what? Eternal life. This is huge. This is so, so, so important. Jesus doesn't say to Dwight, well, when you become better, I'll accept you. No, he accepts us. And what we have to understand is this, accepting someone does not mean that you approve of their behavior. Okay, get that out of your mind. God accepts me. He doesn't always approve of everything that I do or say. 
Paul says it like this. He says, accept one another then, just as Christ has what? Accepted you. How has he accepted me? Completely. Does he approve of everything that I do? No, but he accepts me. So here's some homework that I, I, I wanna give you today, all right? This week, all right, it's there in your notes, all right? This week, I want you to, to, to do this. I will show acceptance to who do you need to accept? Who do you need to show acceptance to? It might be your spouse. It might be your mom. It might be your dad. It might be a, a, a son or a daughter. It might be your boss. It might be an employee. But you need to, you need to say, you know what? I need to demonstrate that I accept them. Approve of everything that they say and do? No, don't get lost in that. So the first thing is to accept. The second thing is to value. Is to value. Love does not dishonor people. We're, listen, we're living in a day and age of where we devalue people. If you disagree with me, I'm going to knock you out of the saddle. I, I'm going to disvalue. Just look at Facebook. And if you don't value people, okay, listen to me, church. If you don't value people, they could care less what you believe. They don't want to know your Jesus. They don't want to know my Jesus. Because they take their, their cues from you and me. And we're all created in the image of God. And when I'm talking about valuing people, I know we all value people. We value the people that we value. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying you value everyone. See, we don't have a problem valuing people who we like or who vote the way that we do or behave the way that we do or believe the way that we do. But we have a problem of valuing people who see things a little bit different who approach life a little bit different. And you're responsible and I'm responsible to accept them and to value them. Here's what Paul says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Wow. Y'all okay? See, if I see you as hurting, I will help you. If I see you as broken, I will fix you. If I see you as valuable, I will serve you. Did you get that? If I see you as valuable, I will serve you. And so let me ask you a question. This week, I will affirm the value of, who do you need to serve? Who, who do you need to go to them? Not because you agree with everything, but who do you need to show value to today? And to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to show value to them because that's my responsibility. And if I'm going to be great at relationships, guess what? I've got to do that. Let me give you the third one. The third one is forgive. Well, this is a biggie, isn't it? Okay. I'm responsible to forgive people. What, what do we learn from 1 Corinthians 13? Love keeps no record of wrongs. People who feel forgiven, forgive. The reason why you hold on to your grudges and you're resentful is because you don't feel forgiven. Because if you felt forgiven, you know what you would do? You would forgive people. And see, I don't know your dark secrets. I, I don't know the sins that you have committed, but there, one, there is one who does, and his name is Jesus. And you know what he does? You know what he's willing to do? He's willing to forgive you of all your dark secrets that you hope nobody finds out about. See, he's made a decision to forgive you. Isaiah tells us this. 
I am the God who forgives your sins. And I do this because of who I am. See, why do we forgive people, Christ followers? Because of who we are. We're forgiven people, okay? I will not hold your sins against you. Colossians says it like this. Colossians says, you must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Listen, if you're gonna be great at relationships, you're gonna have to forgive people. If you're resentful, bitter, angry, you'll always be horrible at relationships. Y'all okay? Forgiveness does not mean that you trust them. All right, you're not called to trust everybody. (laughs) You're called to forgive everybody. If you're a Christ follower, and when you forgive people, what happens is you're great at relationships. That's why you have long friendships. That's why other people don't have long friendships. Because I promise you, if you're, listen, if you're in a relationship and it has any longevity to it, somebody in that relationship, even if it's not you, they're forgiving a lot. Otherwise, they'd cut you off or you would have cut them off. And so here's here's the homework, okay? This week, I will offer forgiveness to who? Someone who has hurt you or is carrying a load of guilt or shame and you've been holding it over them. Who do you need to forgive? Let me give you another thought. And that is this responsibility towards one another means to believe in others. Love is always ready to believe the best about people. Love never loses what? Faith. Do you know that there's all kinds of people around you who are battling low self-esteem? They don't think well of themselves. They don't see themselves as God sees them. And and we struggle with that because many of us have experienced rejection at a very young age. And the younger that you experience rejection, the harder it is to believe in yourself. And you and I have the opportunity to turn on a light in somebody's life that might be dark and might be wondering whether it's worth living life. And you can come along and you can put your arm around them and you can squeeze them and just say, hey, I just want you to know I believe in you. I believe in you. God believes in you. It may be your spouse. It may be your daughter. It may be your son. It may be your boss. It may be an employee. I don't know who it is. It may be a sibling but we're called to believe in people because God believes in us. Paul says it like this as he writes the church in Corinth. If you love someone, you will be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You'll always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your ground in defending him. Wow, this is what God does for you and me. And he wants you and I to do it for other people. So let me ask you a question, okay? Here's some homework, all right, for you and I, okay? Here it is. This week, I will demonstrate belief in someone who has potential for growth. Maybe they grew up in a home where their mom and dad didn't believe in them. But you can be that for them. You can believe in them. Let me give you another one to think about. Responsibility towards one another means to tell the truth. (gasps) Oh, Do you know the average person lies 200 times a day? So before you get out of this building, somebody's going to lie to you. Matter of fact, if you've been in, listen to me, if you've been in conversation with somebody for 10 minutes, they've already lied to you. We talked about that last week. Y'all okay? We lie a lot to avoid conflict, don't we? 
And yet what we found out is that love rejoices in the truth. And what happens is if you and I are not willing to deal with the conflict and the issues in life, what happens is you will have one problem after another problem after another problem, and it will just grow and grow and grow. People need to know that you'll tell them the truth in love, that you'll be considerate, you'll be kind, you'll be courageous, but you will tell the truth. And so Ephesians tells us what? Speak the truth in love. You have to confront, but you have to do it well. And so you do it in a kind way, a gentle way, a humble way. And so you're hard on the issue, you're soft on the person. And so telling the truth to someone is telling them that you love them. Here's what we say, and this is, we lie. Well, I I didn't want to hurt them. No, you didn't want to hurt yourself. Because anybody you tell the truth, you're taking a risk. What you're saying is, I love you so much, I'm willing to risk you getting angry with me and frustrated with me. I'm willing to take that first hit. And so you tell people the truth in a loving, kind way. You might have to say something like this. What I'm going to say is hard for me to say, and it's going to be hard for you to hear. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. Here's what Proverbs has to say. A person who offers constructive criticism will, in the end, be appreciated more than a person who engages in empty flattery. Wow. Aren't you glad you're here today? Huh? See, you don't go to the doctor and say, hey, you know what? I don't feel very well, but would you please lie to me and tell me that I do? And so here's the question. This week, I will speak the truth to who? Who do you need to be honest with? And just tell them the truth and just say, hey, you know what? You know it's not okay. I know it's not okay. We haven't addressed the elephant in the room. And let's address the elephant in the room. We may never come to a full agreement, but let's be at least honest and not be hypocrite and deceive one another. Let's just tell the truth. And I promise you, they will appreciate it because they will respect you. See, let me ask you a question, and this is good for all of us. Would you rather be respected or liked? Someone will like you just for a short period of time, but if they respect you, that's a whole different level. I'd rather be respected than liked. Y'all okay? I'd rather be, you know what? Dwight will tell you the truth. Hopefully he'll tell it to you with compassion and love, but he'll tell the truth. And that, and that's what we want to do here at New Point. That's why we will deal with every issue. We believe this is a safe place to hear a dangerous truth, hopefully with compassion and love. And then you have to wrestle with it. How about this one right here? All right, set boundaries. Responsible towards one another means to set boundaries. Oh, this is a good one, right? See, I'm responsible to set boundaries with my wife. Y'all right on that one? She's responsible to set boundaries with me, okay? I'm responsible to set boundaries with my kids. They're responsible to set boundaries with me. We're responsible to set boundaries with one another. This is the way in which you protect your relationships because love always what? Protects. And what happens is, here's what I know about you, okay? If you don't have boundaries in your life, you're resentful and angry. I can't believe they'd ask us to do that. 
They're expecting us to do that? What's wrong with them people? No, what's wrong with you? Okay? See, what happens, setting boundaries takes care of you. You want to become the best version of who? Of you. Even when at risk disappointing people, you want to be able to be clear. And so what happens is you say something like this, I would love to be able to do that, but my plate is full. Instead of, you know, yeah, okay, honey, can you believe this? Or, or, or you just tell them the truth. Hey, I can't take that on right now. Hey, I wish I could go to that graduation party, but you know what? I'm just not able to be able to do that. I hope you understand. See, being clear is being kind. Being unclear is being unkind. And a boundary is when you say this is okay and this is not okay. Here's what Jesus said. I like to quote him. Let your yes be simply yes and your no be simply no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. See, it'll clear up a lot of gray areas in your life if you'll do that. And so you've got to be able to, to, to um, set boundaries. I, I, I love this right here, this saying here, and, and this is so true. The only people who get upset when you set and enforce boundaries are the ones who benefit from you not having any. That's worth writing down. Because here's what I know. You cannot continually be compassionate, generous, and kind unless you have boundaries. And so here's the homework. This week, I will clarify my boundary with who is it that you've developed resentment towards because you just think they just keep asking and asking and asking. You keep saying yes and yes and yes, and you're resentful towards them. And you just need to be able to say, hey, you know what? I love you. I just can't continue to do this because it's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for my marriage. It's not healthy for, for my family. Let me give you this last one, and that is this, all right? And that is trustworthy. Be trustworthy. I want to be known as someone who is trustworthy. This is the foundation of all relationships, that I am trustworthy. If you're going to have a healthy relationship, you've got to be trustworthy. And so I'm responsible to you to be trustworthy. You say, Dwight, what does that mean? It means that I will own what I need to own. I'll own what I need to own. If I drop the ball, I won't blame somebody else. You know what I'll do? I'll say, my bad, it's my fault. How can I help you with this? Trustworthiness does not mean that you're perfect. Trustworthiness means that you own what you need to own. Love always trust. Love always trusts. And so let me leave you with this thought, okay? If you don't transform your pain, you will transmit your pain to other people. And everything that I talked about here today, acceptance, okay? Valuing, forgiveness, setting boundaries, trustworthiness, those all come in our relationship with Jesus, that's how Jesus relates to you and me. And he wants you and I to relate that way to one another so that we can have healthy relationships. Today, we're gonna to celebrate baptism. 
And baptism is saying, you know what? I've experienced God's love. And so what we're saying is we're letting God transform the pain in our life so that we don't transmit it to other people. So we're going to celebrate it because baptism is why we do what we do. That is because we believe everybody spends forever somewhere. And when somebody goes underwater, what they're saying is, I'm leaving my old ways and I'm coming up and I'm being resurrected in Christ in a new way. I'm letting my pain go to him so I won't transmit it to other people. And so I'm gonna ask you to celebrate with us all across our campuses as we celebrate baptism of people coming and bringing their hurts and their habits and their hangups to Christ and allowing him to transform them so they don't transmit it to other people. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. We love you. Oh man, you're so awesome. You're so great. We thank you that you came to earth 2000 years ago to show us how to relate to one another. And you accepted us and you valued us and you forgave us. And you even set boundaries. And you told us that we could trust you. And now you want us to carry it to those people that we live with, that we work with, that we do life with. And we can't do it apart from your spirit. And so we thank you for your love and your spirit that wants to fill each and every one of us so that we can be great at relationships and then ultimately point to you the master of all relationships. God, we celebrate new life and transformation in you today, all throughout New Point. And we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.